This afternoon, continuing our study on the eternal purpose of God, we believe that election is the eternal, personal, unconditional purpose of God in which he saves, excuse me, in which he regenerates, sanctifies, and saves lost sinners. This afternoon, we're having looked at regenerate, regeneration, having looked at sanctification, sanctifies. This afternoon, we want to take a look and save lost sinners. What does it mean to be saved? What is the meaning of saved? What is the meaning of salvation? He, in the keeping with the meaning, it means to be delivered. To be delivered from something, to be delivered from bondage, to be delivered from death. Talking about God, the eternal purpose of God. God does this through. Election, which is an eternity. It is his personal choosing. And it's unconditional. He regenerates, purposed to regenerate. And he sanctifies. And then he saves. He delivers. He delivers from the penalty and power of sin as well as delivering us from the consequences of those sins. What are the consequences of sin? For the wages of sin is death. <laughs> Romans 6, 23. But I love the last part of that verse because I am a saved sinner, but God. <laughs> but the gift of God. is eternal life through 
Jesus Christ. So it is God that sets us free. It is God that delivers us. He delivers us not only from the consequences. He delivers us not only from the condemnation, from the from from hell and 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 the lake of fire, but he delivers us from from the penalty and the power of sin in our life. God saves sinners. Why? Why? Does he choose to save some? Out of love. Out of love. We're told in the book of... Make sure I don't have this in my notes. We're told in the book of Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 3 that his love for us was... Eternal. Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. It was eternal. It was, it was before the foundation of the world. Before ever there, there was a universe. Before there ever was a man created. But it was in the purpose of God to create some unto honor those that he loved. And the rest were dishonorable. They were condemned. As we all were condemned in our sin, sin condemns us. John 3, 19, we're condemned already. But God loved some of us sinners. And his purpose was to save them, to deliver them from the penalty and power of sin in their life. God's elect are, are saved, not in eternity. They're, he purposed in eternity to save them. But we're saved in time. And those who are saved have a genuine, <laughs> a genuine experience. Not a, a false experience, not a false feeling but a genuine experience of salvation. They have a genuine experience with the Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I tell you, and I've told you often, of the experience of my salvation where one day in that in day in April of 1974, when he made me aware of what a great sinner I was, and and and, 
and my condemnation in that sin. And he showed me for the first time the Lord Jesus Christ coming and paying the penalty for my sin. And I cried out, save me, Lord. Because there was nothing I could do. I had been raised in, in, in church all my life, taken to church from an infant. Taught the word of God, taught the truth of the word of God. The gospel preached through me. Made a profession of faith at a young age. Became a song leader. Became a Sunday school teacher. And the Lord woke me up <laughs> to my lost condition. And you say, how do you know you're saved today? Because I was there when he did it. He worked on me in a mighty way. And I've not been the same since. Doesn't mean that I haven't gotten off into to bouts and fits of, of sin and, and rebellion. But he's always brought me back. <laughs> he saved me. He changed me. I stand before you this day a changed creature. Not by my own power, but by the power of God. Turn with me to the book of Luke. Book of Luke in chapter 19. And verse 10. For the Son of Man Jesus, Jesus, the Son, the Son of God, is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, <laughs> the angel of the Lord told Joseph, that you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people, his people, those whom he loved, those whom the Father had chosen, those whom the Father had given to the Son, Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of Man, going to save his people from 
their sins. To save that which was lost. We were, at one time, we were lost in sins and in trespasses. Dead in sins and trespasses. Lost to the things of God. And the glory of God. But Jesus came to seek us out, to save us, and secure our salvation. The book of Matthew, chapter 18, another verse that reads nearly identical. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 11. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. Where do you see man having anything to do with it? We were, we were lost. We were dead in sins and trespasses. And furthermore, we delighted ourselves in those sins and those trespasses. We didn't want anything to do with the light. We didn't want anything to do with Jesus Christ. That meant we might have to reform our ways, which man is unable to reform completely. He might be able to reform his, the exterior, but he's not able to change what's inside him. Turn with me to John. John chapter 10. Jesus tells us in the first part of this chapter that the sheep hear his voice and the sheep follow him. They believe in him. They trust in him. He said, I am the door. I am the door of the sheep. If any man is going to come in, he needs to come through the door. He needs to come through Jesus Christ. And then he says in verse 16, he says, And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd, one shepherd, one to lead them in and out of the fold. One fold. There's not many folds. Listen, that's contrary to the preaching and teaching of the religious world today. 
Oh, there's many foes. Oh, there's many ways to get to heaven. That's not what Jesus, the one sent of the Father, said. He said, there's one fold and one shepherd. Jesus Christ is the door. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Second Timothy chapter 1. Look with me here at verse 8. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 8. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. We, we've just seen uh, this morning concerning, and for, for several weeks now, the testimony of the Lord and the, test, the witnesses who ascribe to his testimony that he is the Son of God, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, the power of God in salvation and the power of God to endure the afflictions that come through the proclaiming of the gospel to others. We might be distressed. We might be faced with unfavorable circumstances, hardships that we might endure to proclaim the gospel to a lost world. But Paul said, be partakers of, of that. Be partakers of the Get into well, That is our job. That is our purpose as a New Testament Baptist church. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice verse 9. Who hath saved us? Who? God. The power of God that he's talking about in verse 8. The power of God who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, not according to anything that I've done. Not anything according to what you've done. You didn't just one day decide to become a new person and lo and behold, I'm going to become a new person. I'm going to start trusting in Jesus. No. We see the calling of God here. In our salvation. He called us. Under salvation. 
not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. It was according to his own purpose, according to his grace, that which we did not earn, that which we did not deserve. But he simply gave it to us. In Christ Jesus, before the world began. You see, each one of them, now I know and have known for these many years, nearly 50 years, that God chose me to salvation and that it was given, I was given before the foundation of the earth, before the world began, to be in Christ. That was the love of God in eternity. That was the love of God in eternity. That's why he chose me. That's why he predestinated me. He predestinated me to be conformed to the image of his head. He predestinated me to be in Christ Jesus. And he called me. Called me. By his grace. And as John chapter 10 tells, I heard. <laughs> and as those that hear follow him, I began to follow him. First Peter. First Peter chapter one, verses one and two. Peter, an apostle, a messenger of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect. You that are saved. <laughs> and in this case, they were scattered. Persecution had come upon them, and they scattered. And he's writing this letter to the saints that are scattered. And he calls them the elect. It ought to be known to every individual that is truly saved that they were elected, they were chosen by God before the foundation of the world. That's what Peter is saying here to these saved folks. You were elect according to the foreknowledge of God. And you've got to stop here because there's a lot of misconceptions about what foreknowledge is. But this is two Greek words. For meaning before, be, for, and knowledge. <laughs> 
pre-knowledge. And this word knowledge is, is not, oh, they, they think that God looked down in time and he saw all those that would believe in him and so he chose them. No, that's not this word knowledge at all. This is talking about a time when God, before the heavens and the earth were formed, before man was created, that God loved some, loved individuals, loved a people intimately. The word goes to, to as a husband and wife's intimate sexual relationship. God loved me intimately. He had a strong love, an agape love for me. And what, how, how deep that love must have been for him to purpose before the foundation of the world my salvation through him sending his son, the only, the only sacrifice that he could offer was a perfect sacrifice, the only one who would meet the just demands of a holy and a righteous God had to be himself. That's what this word foreknowledge is talking about. He loved me before. It's, it says essentially the same thing as Jeremiah 31.3. Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. He loved us intimately. Before the foundation of the world, he loved us in eternity. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. <laughs> See, he purposed all that in eternity. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Oh, you see how scripture refers to so great a salvation? Oh, there's an emphasis on our salvation. It is so great. It's so Wonderful, it's so marvelous, it's so amazing when you consider what we as men were and are, and God loved us. He knew. He knew that we were going to be without hope, without any strength, without any ability at all. 
But because he loved me, he chose to be gracious and to be merciful and to save my wretched soul. It was him. It was all of him. These verses we read, do you see anything that's about an action on our part? There's nothing here. It's all God. Turn with me to the book of Romans. The book of Romans in chapter 11. Verse 5. Speaking concerning the Jew. Even so then, at this present time, also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. A couple of things here in this verse. Notice the apostle says, at this present time, in the apostle's day, there, <laughs> there is a remnant. Right, right then, in, in the apostle's day, at the time of this writing, he said God has a remnant. A remnant of Israelites, a remnant of Jews, which are according to the election of grace. Notice that, that election, God's choosing before the foundation of the world. It's of grace. It's the election of grace. It's God's grace. It's God's gift. Because no man deserved it. No man earned it. No man is able to earn it. And so God purposed to give it to some because he loved them. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us and made us alive in Christ Jesus. By grace, <laughs> you are saved. Ephesians 2. Four and five, in case you didn't have the handle on that. Verse six, and he goes to explain the election of grace. And if by grace, then is it no more of works? As we said this morning, it's not because you were, because you faithfully read the Bible. 
It's not because you go to church. Or any other work of man. Otherwise, if it's of works, otherwise grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then is it no more grace? <laughs> You see, if it's of any work, it's not of grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. You see, if it's, a, if it's of grace, it can't be of any work. And it's of work, then it's not of grace. And the Word of God gives Record that it's by grace. It's all the working of God. God cho chose. God predestinated. God sent his son. God calls. God justifies. And it's God that glorifies. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. You notice down through these verses here who it is that is working. You notice how much working God does through these verses, and you notice how much working you do. Man does. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice how he started off. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's to God be the glory. It's to God be the blessing. Not to, not to man. who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Who did the blessing? Of those that are blessed. God did. According as he, God, hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. God has chosen that. That's why he chose us. That we would be holy as he is holy. That we would be without blame as he is without blame. Having predestinated, who did that? God did. Us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. <laughs> His will, not my will, not your will, not your parents' will, not your grandparents' will, not the will of the preacher, 
according to his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. You see, <laughs> with it being by grace, you see who gets the glory? God does. Not of works, lest any man should boast. If it was of our works, we would boast. We would get the glory. Look what I did. But there's none of that in salvation. All the glory goes to God. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the Riches of his grace, it's in the redemption that his son provided through his blood. Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one, in Christ, all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, that is, you trusted in Christ, after that ye heard, and only upon hearing, the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. In other words, God made our salvation sure by giving us of his spirit. His spirit seals us, preserves us until we come into his presence, which is the earnest of our inheritance is the down payment until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. You see, it's all, all the working of God. Nothing of man's doings. 1 John, 
First John chapter four. In verse 10. Herein is love. Not that we loved God. When you were made aware of your sinful condition and you were saved, did you love God before that? Did you love God when you were in that condition? No, we didn't love God. Oh, we might have told people well, we love God, we love Jesus. Oh, and he's coming someday. Oh, I don't know how many times I, I said that. And, and Liar, wasn't I? <laughs> Hearing his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he manifested that love by sending his son to be the propitiation for our sin, to be the appeasement, that which would appease the wrath of God against me. Because I was a sinner. I'm condemned in that condition. Jesus came to satisfy the wrath of God against me and against you. And so then we can go down to verse 19 of this same chapter. We love him. Why? Because he first loved me. You see, when he manifested that love to me, when he showed it to me that day, oh, then, then I love him. I love the Lord Jesus Christ. I love God the Father. Can't get enough. Want to come. Every opportunity that, that I'm afforded, availed, to come and fall before him, worshiping, praising him, giving honor and glory unto him. I want my life to be a light that shines brightly for him. I want to my life to be a life in which he is getting honor and glory and praise in and through me. One more passage of scripture on this note. Ezekiel chapter 34. In verse 16, God says here, I will seek that which was lost. No man apart from God is seeking God. I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away and will bind up that which was broken and will 
strengthen that which was sick, but I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. Here, here, here God says what he's going to do for that which is lost, that which is broken, that which is, needs strength and needs bound up. He's going to do it, and he's going to seek them out. But those that are fat, proud, need not God, he's going to deal with them. He's going to feed them his judgment. They shall endure the wrath of Almighty God. So the eternal purpose of God, we believe that election is the eternal, personal, unconditional purpose of God in which he regenerates, sanctifies, and saves lost sinners. 